Hey, it's good to see you today. Welcome to our Journey Through Scripture, our Thursday episode. And my name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin. Hope that your week is going well. All right, so last uh, on Tuesday, our last episode, we talked about the uh, resurrection of Jesus and that he starts to appear to different uh, individuals. And then he, uh, of course, appears to the disciples and then many others. Um, and what we see here, again, is uh, you're starting to see this transition. The disciples are starting to figure things out, what Jesus really was talking about whenever he said, I will have to ha- have to die and be raised again. Um, they, of course, d- were not taking that literally. Um, now they're figuring this out, and now they're going to be uh, sent out um, to change the world. And the, the, this is going to be the beginning of the church age um, after this. And so we'll, we'll be in Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, and Matthew 28. So finishing out all of the Gospels. So we see just a little bit in Mark 16, verses 12, 13. It says he appeared in another form to two of the uh, disciples as they walked. Um, and then we assume that's uh, what the, the same two disciples that Luke is talking about on the road to Emmaus. And uh, that's in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 49. It's a just really uh, interesting interaction. So uh, the, there's some, some, a couple of the disciples are walking from Jerusalem back to Emmaus, probably about 20 miles or so, 15, 20 miles. Um, and Jesus is, begins walking with them. Uh, they're on the same road. And uh, there, it says, uh, verse 16, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know it was him. So it doesn't mean that Jesus completely looked different, um, but he, he definitely looked different than whenever he was on the cross, right? Because he's alive and walking. Um, so they, one, they wouldn't be really looking for Jesus and they, they weren't allowed to be, you know, there was a spiritual aspect that, okay, you're, they're not being allowed to see Jesus for who he is until Jesus is ready. So again, it's showing this supernatural uh, spiritual power, as well as the continued physical nature of Jesus's resurrected body. Um, and so they start going on and they, Jesus is like, well, what, what, what happened? And, and uh, one of the guys named Cleopas, he's like, have you been under a rock? Don't you know all that has happened? Um, verse 19, um, it says, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Um, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Isn't that interesting? They, they, are, they, they recognize this. We've done this. Our leaders have done this. Um, but we thought he was the one who would redeem Israel. Um, and then they say, and on top of that, we have some women that went and the tomb was empty. And they're saying that Jesus is has risen uh, again, but we just we just don't know. Um, and then he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have to suffer these things to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Jesus starts to explain um, how he is evident through all of scripture not just the New Testament, that Jesus is is present, that he is God in the Old Testament as well. And when they get to the house, 
Um, Jesus is going to continue on. They say, no, you need to come in and, and uh, spend the night with us. Jesus goes in and he breaks bread to start the meal. And at that moment, uh, they, they recognize him. Can you imagine what that must have been like? And of course, they're so excited. They get up in the, in the night to return back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples um, that they have seen the Lord. Um, and then you continue reading there, verse 36, uh, that, uh, as they were telling the disciples, um, Jesus then appears to the uh, 11 uh, minus one, uh, minus Thomas. Um, and uh, it says they were terrified. <laughs> I love this encounter. It says, uh, verse 36, um, now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Um, now, they believed in ghosts, basically, that that was a possibility. Just like that would be what you thought you saw um, because you don't anticipate seeing someone who died physically present with you. I, I promise you, whatever you believe about the supernatural or poltergeist or anything like that, you would assume that if you were talking to someone who you had just seen uh, buried, that you're having some sort of supernatural encounter with a spirit, right? Jesus was not a spirit. He was physically resurrected, um, but they thought they had seen a spirit. And he says to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Um, handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Again, the scripture goes out of its way to make sure we understand that Jesus was physically resurrected, um, that, that this was not just a, a spiritual idea. Um, the resurrection did literally happen. Um, so they, they saw his hands and feet, says verse 41, but, they, but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled. He said to them, uh, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb and he took it and he ate in their presence. Again, they're just kind of in this state of shock right now. They don't know what to do, no, don't know how to, to process it. Um, then it, it continues on again. This is all in Luke uh, verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the, and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. I believe it's Psalm 22. Uh, definitely, uh, you, can, you can see the crucifixion uh, in that and what Jesus did, that he is letting them know that, hey, all of the scripture has been pointing to this. And so he's explaining to them, just as he did to the two disciples on the road uh, to Emmaus. Um, then uh, uh, Luke or John chapter 20, uh, verses 19 through 31, uh, has Jesus appearing to them. Um, and uh, Jesus says, uh, verse 20, this verse 21 of John chapter 20 says, uh, Peace to you, as my Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Right? This, this idea of the breath of God. The breath of God is what uh, began creating something out of nothing, that God 
breathed uh, his, his, his spirit, the breath of God hovered over the waters of chaos and, and brought about creation all the way back in Genesis chapter one. It was the breath of God who he breathed into life, into man as he created man. Right Now it is Jesus who is breathing over the disciples as uh, he is now calling them to go and to share this message uh, of forgiveness and of redemption. Um, and John, uh, continuing verse 24, talks about Thomas. Poor Thomas was out getting takeout. He missed the disciples um, when Jesus came the first time. This was a week later. Um, and then Thomas, uh, who's labeled the doubter. Um, but remember, he's someone who was willing to go to Jerusalem and die. Um, whenever Lazarus rose from the dead, Thomas said, well, let's go. And uh, even if we die, let's follow Jesus. Um, he is someone who clearly loves Jesus, uh, but he needed to know. And uh, Jesus, of course, invites him to touch the, the nail marks in his hands and his side. Um, and Thomas responds by saying, my Lord and my God. Um, and, you know, just just incredibly powerful. Um, then you have Matthew chapter 28, the, the Great Commission. So now Jesus has uh, revealed himself to many people, and now his last words are sending people um, to, to tell the world about him. Uh, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all the things I've commanded, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, so again, um, going and making disciples, not just believers, um, not just don't just convince people that this happened, um, but help people to follow, to live, to obey um, the uh, according to the words of Jesus and what we find in, in all of Scripture. Um, Mark chapter six um, also has a, a commission. Um, we like using Matthew's Great Commission. Mark's Great Commission is very similar, but just a tad different. Um, it says, uh, go in, this is verse 15 of Mark 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So again, Jesus has said things like that before. We don't like to remember that. We don't like to talk about that, but he did, that there is a consequence for not believing. Um, and uh, in Mark, he's specific. Uh, then he has some interesting things in Mark. Uh, most think that this was written later on in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we don't know for sure, uh, but it talks about being able to cast out demons. Uh, they will take up serpents, and, uh, and if they uh, drink poison, they will not be hurt, all this kind of stuff. Basically, it was a sign that God was going to be with them as they shared his message, that nothing would stop the message that, that, uh, that they would be sharing. And, and of course, we know that uh, Peter, uh, Paul does get bit by a serpent and that he is miraculously healed. This was not telling people to go handle serpents as a sign of whether God loved them or not. Any church or tradition that does that is, has been deceived into to doing that. Um, that is ridiculous and is obvious not the point uh, of that in Mark is just talking about how you, you, God is going to go with you. He will be there as, as you encounter uh, the difficulties of, uh, that will come in sharing the, this message of hope. Um, John chapter 21, 
I encourage you to read all through it. It's a very powerful encounter with Peter. The disciples are out, they're fishing. Uh, Jesus comes, they realize that it's him. Peter just jumps in uh, into the water, goes up uh, to Jesus. Um, but then during the time that they are um, uh, eating, Jesus says to Peter three times, will you feed my sheep? Uh, and ask, uh, ask Peter, do you love me three times? Will you feed my sheep? Um, kind of that reminder that Peter, you just denied uh, Jesus three times. He was restoring Peter. He was reminding him, okay, I know you deny me three times, but I'm still going to build the church on you. Um, he, uh, he forgives Peter, obviously, three times and calls Peter to love him and also to feed his sheep. Um, then as we continue, then we, we have the ascension, uh, Jesus uh, being taken up into heaven. That's in the end of Mark chapter 16. Um, it says, uh, verse 19 of Mark 16, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Um, same thing in Luke chapter 24, um, the ascension. Now it came to pass uh, while he blessed them, he was parted uh, from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so we're going to end there. We made it through the Gospels. Um, now we're uh, entering into a new age, the church age. So we will be in the um, book of Acts, which is a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. Luke-Acts um, were one compilation. Um, and uh, so we will start with Acts, read chapters 1 and 2 of Acts for next Tuesday. All right, we'll see you there.